Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities. This podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Thanks for joining us today. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. On this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, we're giving you insights and advice on how to move the ball and make things happen. This episode is part of my special Path to the Draft series, where I'm having conversations with NFL draft prospects on their path to the draft. Now, if you haven't yet already followed the podcast, make sure that you do so so that you never miss an episode as part of this series as well as the regular show. I've got a great lineup of guests for this series and also for this season. For today's episode, Inside the Huddle with us and ready to share his story and talk about his path to the draft is Trey Tucker. Trey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you on with us today. I always enjoy having Cincinnati players on the show. And as part of the special series last year for the Path to the Draft, we had both Jerome Ford on the show as well as Alec Pierce, who did great jobs on and I've been enjoying watching their journey in the league. So let me just share a little bit about your background for our listeners. Trey is a wide receiver who played college football at the University of Cincinnati. During his college football career with the Bearcats, Trey was a dynamic receiver and special teams player who had 112 receptions for 1,433 receiving yards and eight receiving touchdowns. He also had 1,670 total kickoff return yards, returning two kickoffs for touchdowns, and his kickoff return performance finished third in program history. Trey was invited to the Reese's Senior Bowl, and he was also one of the 319 draft class members who were invited to participate in this year's NFL Combine. We're going to talk about Trey's college football journey, the Senior Bowl, and the NFL Combine, and more on the show. All right, that was a mouthful. All right, Trey, you ready to move the ball? Yes, indeed. So I mentioned that you were one of the select few to be invited to the NFL Combine, which is an honor. What was it like getting that invitation? What was the first thing you did when you found out? So I actually remember just receiving an email to my phone and it kind of like popped up and a guy's name popped up and it said something about the NFL Combine. I was like, well, that's cool, but I, I want to participate in it. And then I clicked on it and it was like, you were invited to the NFL Combine. And it was just such a surreal moment because growing up, I've always wanted to obviously be in the Combine. I've watched it since I, I can remember. And actually being a part of it, it was, it's a blessing. It was great. Probably never forget it. Yeah, it was a fun experience. Now, preparing for the NFL Combine and for Pro Day is a big deal for players. There's a lot of emphasis placed on these events by teams and scouts when it comes to evaluating players and considering who they want to select to be a part of their team as part of the draft or to sign them as a free agent. And so it's a big deal. There's a lot of work that you do to get ready for the Combine. And so you were down at House of Athlete in Tampa with Yo Murphy and the HOA team. They always do a phenomenal job training guys to get ready for this and, and just off-season training as well. What were some of the things you were really focused on honing in on and improving to get ready for the Combine? I've always been blessed with natural speed. So the Combine, it's 
very little things. It might be the start of the 40 race. You know, it might be the technique of your L cone. It's all very little particular things. It's a long but short process. You get in there, you come straight from a season. You know, everyone always says the rookie season is the longest. That's because, yeah, you, you go from playing your college season. Now you're doing combine and pro day training. And uh, you also have to mix in there, depending on like if you have to do like a senior bowl, east-west, any all-star game, you got to mix in football stuff as well. But you don't want to overwork it. My biggest thing that I worked on down here was my starting the 40. I've always had top end speed, just the little nuances of where to place my hand, what angle should my legs be at, and as well as like the drills, like the L cone and stuff like that. I used to just run through it in college, just run through it as fast as you can. That was kind of our objective. Learn the technique down at House Athlete. Obviously, yo, a tremendous trainer, the whole staff down there. I loved it. I'm actually pretty bummed that I had to come back up here. Definitely will be visiting them soon. Tremendous place in the best three months. Yeah, Yo does a great job. And he's obviously elite at what he does and knows how to help guys get better and focus on those little details. Like you said, I mean, it's those little things that make a big difference. And sometimes people don't think about the importance of the little things. So Yo definitely helps people with that and the entire team. So as always, I give them a shout out on the show because I think they do great work. So you mentioned how you have to get ready for bowl games and other things because there are other events outside of the NFL Combine before the draft. So you were invited to the Reese's Senior Bowl. That event is not just a game. You've got practices. You've got all kinds of other activities going on that week. What was that week like for you? The week was tough, but I think the best thing about it was I was prepared. Cincinnati was a gauntlet, we'd say. It was fourth and one every day in our building. So we're prepared for anything. It was a camp-like schedule. You had meetings. You had to learn a new playbook on the fly. You know, you had to meet with these teams. You had to be on your A game at all times. But I think I really enjoyed things like that. They always say diamonds is made through pressure. So that's kind of how that happens. They want to see people there like, are you going to fold? Or are you going to stand tall? Because it's tough. It's not meant to be easy. I think if it was meant to be easy, everyone would be able to do it. You know, having that mindset going into it, that really helps. But as far as the week itself, I got to meet a bunch of tremendous guys. Guys that you've played against or guys you've heard about. And you kind of just come together and you become close. I remember going to the combine and it was like, those guys are my brothers, but I've only met them two times. You get really close to everyone. Uh, even like some of the NFL team staffs, so you know them by name. They know you by name. They say what's up to you. You just build a relationship with them. So I'd say a, a tough week, but a great one. And the relationships that you make down there, I mean, that's what it's really about. Those relationships are going to carry with you wherever it is that you go, not only in the NFL, but also beyond whatever you do, like those friendships and those people that you connect with, they're always there. So it's not just about that week. It's about the longer, the bigger picture. So, Trey, how did the Senior Bowl really help prepare for the Combine? During the Combine, you've got a lot of other events that are going on. You've got medical, you've got media, you've got team interviews, and then you also have the on-the-field workouts that people see on TV. How did being at the Senior Bowl help prepare you for Combine Week? So the Senior Bowl, I think the unique thing about the Senior Bowl is it's more of a physical test. The Combine is more of a mental test, but the unique thing about the Senior Bowl is it's a combination of both. The physical part about the Combine is not hard. You train for that. It's running a 40, doing drills like that. You should be able to do that and wake up. The best thing about it for me, which I got from the senior bowl, is the meetings part. That's the thing that can be a nuance to people because they're not disciplined or they're tired. And that's kind of what I think the teams like to see. When people are tired, like, are you able to focus? Eventually, that might be the team that drafts you. You can't stay awake in a meeting. Can you stay awake in a team? So it's a bunch of little things that go into it. The Senior Bowl was a unique experience for me, and it really helped with the Combine. Honestly, like I said, the Senior Bowl was harder. The Combine was a breeze. Yes, you have medical stuff at the Combine, but it's different for everyone. Going back to the Senior Bowl, you were on the national team. There were three of you guys from Cincinnati that played on the national team. What was it like having some of your college teammates out there with you? It was great. It was funny because at Cincinnati, we had like a 33 home game winning streak. 
So it dates back to 2017. We lost our last home game. So we all lost our last game in a Cincinnati uniform, Cincinnati helmet. So the fact that we all got to strap it back up and go out on a good note all together on the same team with a win to close out our college career. It was a fun week of practice because, you know, I saw those guys a lot. Actually, Josh Wiley was my roommate. So that was a fun week. I was already pretty close to him. So I was pretty cool when I found out he was my roommate. And Ivan, you know, he's a character. So I'm glad I didn't have to go against him. Definitely a fun week and great to have some of your former teammates with you. And when you look at the combine week and everything that goes on there, what were some of the biggest takeaways and memories you'll have from that week? First off, you're like in a historic hotel. It was like a train station. So it's literally a train that has hotel rooms in them. I actually had a friend stay in those, and I just thought that was very unique. So just the history of it. How many people have came to Indianapolis and did what we did? You know, just the history of it is great. I'd say meeting the people you meet. You get with a group. So like you're a receiver, you're group eight. You're with the back end of the receivers. So you meet so many guys from so many different schools. And like I said, you guys all become really close. I still talk to a lot of those guys. You know, this day, like, hey, how's your pro day go? If they just had pro day or whatever. I'd say the last thing was on-field workout. It was a lot of people in the, in the stance, which was cool. And I can just remember, like, it's it's ingrained in my head. Whenever we did the deep ball drill, just how electric the fans, they lit up when we did it. Just I can hear the crowd going crazy about that. It was a unique experience. And it's nice that the NFL allows fans in because that's only a few years ago that that started happening. I usually watch the drills. I sit in the NFL Legends suite. so I get a view of the whole field, but it is nice to have fans there and cheering, getting to partake in the festivities and and watch instead of just watching on TV. It brings them a little bit closer to everything that's going on. So it's definitely a nice thing that the NFL has incorporated into the combine. Now let's run things way, way back. Just talking about how you got into football. You're from Ohio in the Akron area. When was the first time that you suited up or picked up a football? So I can remember running around like at three years old, two years old with my brother's helmet. My family sports is a big thing, but football is the number one sport. It's like you have to play football. So I've always loved it. But I just remember, like I said, two, three years old, running around with a helmet that was bigger than me. Put on the helmet, you lose me. So I remember that. I was too small. And I remember asking my parents to play. And they're like, no, you're too small. But like, we can put you in flag football. I was like, no, I want to play contact football. So I actually didn't play football. I think I was six then. So I didn't play football that year. I played soccer. That was my first sport. And then when I turned seven, that was my first year of football, contact football. It just took off from there. Obviously, I fell in love with the game at a really, really early age, and it just continued. Yeah, I fell in love with the game of football at four. I've been a student of the game ever since. What about football made you fall in love with it? I like the feeling of the pregame. So like building up to the game, the anticipation. I love all that. Like it's something that never goes away. No matter what, who you're playing or when you're playing, it's just still the feeling like we got to go out here and play a game. It's so great because every team that I've been on, I've had best friends. It's a brotherhood. So you meet a bunch of tremendous people and you're really close to all those people. Like I can tell you people from my peewee team where I'm really close with to this day, you know, at the college, you know, because you're with them so much and it's lifelong friendships, I'd say. Yeah, those bonds go a long way beyond football. And so it's definitely a sport that brings people together for life. So you were an elite athlete in multiple sports. Outside of football, you're an eight-time state champion track athlete. You hold several high school records, even ran a 10.41 second 100-meter dash. Very impressive. As competitive athletes, we're taught that there are a lot of things that can help us to be successful, both on the field or the court or whatever sport, as well as off by applying the competitive athlete mentality. What are some of the traits that you've learned being a competitive athlete that have taught you to be successful both in and out of the game? Learning how to compete healthy. When you're playing on a team, you're competing with someone to steal their job. But at the end of the day, you want to make them better and they want to make you better. But at the end of the day, that's still your brother. That's still your guy, your person, whoever it is. 
that's the biggest thing, learning how to operate in a team setting, but operate at a high level, understanding that you have to do whatever it takes to win a job. And, you know, competitive, that's kind of my nature. It's very huge in sports. I remember when I was younger, I'd play card games with my family and I'd cry when I lose because I hated to lose. Competitive is something that's how I've always been. That's what just drives my game. And you went to Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy, CVCA. You helped lead your team to the Ohio State High School Athletic Association playoffs in 2018. For the first time since 2009, I mean, you had a great high school career, had 2,417 yards rushing, 1,922 yards receiving, 68 touchdowns, nine interceptions. I mean, you played both sides of the ball. So, I mean, you've done a great job even being in at high school, dominating your game. What were some of the things that you were really doing even back then to set yourself apart? This is my work ethic. The coach we had, Coach Lawlin, uh, shout out to him just because like he, his biggest thing was nobody cares more harder. At a young age, I'd be like, hey, did you see that touchdown I had? Hey, did you? Nobody cares work harder. So I kind of got that mentality. It really helped me transition to college because high school, I think there's a discrepancy of talent to where the best player on the team might be a really standout guy. Whereas in college, that dims down. Everyone on your team, especially at the Division One level, was the best player on their team. So you just have to understand that when you get in an environment like that, it's all the talent, all that kind of goes out the window. It's the little things, things that you, you can't coach. Things that require no effort, we call it, which, you know, how, how you come in, your attitude, your effort. Those are just things that take no talent at all. That's what kind of set me apart. I kind of had that in mixed with the talent. Just continue that to this day. There's plenty of people that are talented, but lack those other things. And that's why they don't go as far as they want to go, because they don't possess those qualities. You chose to go to Cincinnati. Why did you want to be a Bearcat? So growing up in Ohio, I feel like, honestly, it's you got to play for Ohio State. You just do. And I didn't get the offer from Ohio State, so I was a little disappointed. I knew that at the end of the day, like, I wanted to land somewhere where, you know, it'd be good for me and a good fit. So I actually didn't even visit Cincinnati. I liked other places, Michigan State, West Virginia, Penn State. But there was one rule from being from Ohio. You can go to Michigan State, but you can't go to Michigan. So, you know, they were kind of off the table. But, yeah, I, I just really connected with Coach Fickle. I believed in his plan. I knew we were building something good because I saw the 2018 class. I saw it again. I'm like, okay, he's really turning this thing around. But. We end up turning that thing into something wild. I didn't say I had a good judgment on the go there. And if I could do it all over again, I would. And when you look back at your time playing college football, what have you learned about yourself? Mm, that's a really good question. I think what I've learned about myself is I just love the game. Obviously, everyone says they love the game, but I just really love the game. I wasn't a big partier in college. I was just a junkie for football. So I could just remember my routine after the game. I'd probably watch the film 10 times before I went into the facility the next day watch the whole game. I'd watch it. I'd watch specimens, watch everything. So I just love the sport. I often find myself thinking, what would I do without football? I mean, obviously I, I graduated, I got a sport administration degree, so I can do a bunch of different things. This is, this is kind of my route, but that's my identity that I'm nowhere near ready to let go. So I just love the game. And being a student of the game, studying the film, watching things and focusing on those little things and how you can improve and you're just watching how people cover and other stuff. Those are all things that separate you from other people out there because they're not focusing on those details. And I mean, it certainly showed out. I read in the bio some of your stats just to recap. I mean, 3,096 all-purpose yards in your career, 10 touchdowns, earned all AAC second team honors and pro football focus, all ACC third team honors. When you look at playing college football at Cincinnati, what are some of your most memorable moments? I would say playing with the guys that I played with. There was a bunch of tremendous guys. It's great, but I think what goes beyond that was playing with the people I played with, having the coaches that I had. Luke Fickle, that staff, they were great. I miss them. I'm, I'm jealous that they're at Wisconsin. 
all the guys I played with, the Desmond Riggers, the My Garters, actually, who's one of my best friends. Something so unique is we didn't even like each other when we got there. We just not like each other. We ended up being best friends. So unique things like that. And just seeing how all those guys grew. Like, I remember when I came in and Desmond, he was in his second year. He was like a kid. I'm like, oh, this is college. And then just seeing him at the end of his career, like, that is a grown man commanding the offense, you know? So just seeing all those people transpire and grow into themselves and just playing with those guys. I think that's something that I'll never forget. And you mentioned Sauce Gardner. So Sauce was in Indy for the Combine, and so I saw him for a little bit. So he obviously played on the other side of the ball. How did Sauce make you a better wide receiver? <laughs> well, let me first tell you about that. That guy, I mean, it already adds a fuel. So I'd say, so we did competitive drills, openers, we called it. Me and him were the first caught out. So, I mean, we, we compete. And then whoever lost, you had to hear about it the whole day. Obviously, he's physically gifted, but his demeanor, he will have you beat stepping on the field before the play even starts. Just how his demeanor, how he thinks, how he goes about his business. He's a really good press corner and all those things. We can get into that. But, you know, just his demeanor. It starts mentally. That transpires into your physically. So, for him, man, he's just super duper competitive. Like, I, I don't think there's a day where if he comes in and he, he doesn't have a high motor, he must be, I don't know, because I've never seen it. With him, you got to be in your A game. And you got to be going at all times, or we'd like to say you'll end up on the coolers because the guy can press out of the world. We talk about at Bama, since I went to Bama, about having that it factor. And so Sauce is one of those guys that has that it factor, and it helps you step up your game because of who he is and his talent and just what he brings to the football field. So when you were at Cincinnati, the program won two AAC conference championships. When you look at that, what do you attribute to the team's success? Obviously, there's talent, the work ethic, everyone working hard. But what else was it about those teams, those years that led to those championships? It's the brotherhood. Like I think the first championship, it was weird, actually, because my freshman year, we were in the championship. We just lost. And I, I remember the feeling. Like, I remember we came in and we lost to the exact same team. That team was on top of the world, man. And we're just like, hey, I mean, I'm coming into my college year, freshman year, like, hey, we won a championship. We're 11 and 2. Things are great. But for these guys who would turn this program around, who were a part of that, it felt different for them. And then the following year, we won the first championship. It's through COVID. I can remember we were all sitting in our, we, we did camp in Indiana. So it was at, it was like at a camp retreat. We were all sitting in our conference center and we were all debating, do we want to play the season? And obviously there were some no's, there were some yeses. And I just remember we all ultimately made a decision to play and it led to a championship. And then that kind of springboarded the next championship because we brought a lot of guys back. They just believed in the plan, but I think there was a sense of everyone knew that we could be one of the best college football teams. A lot of guys came back and we obviously got Desmond, you know, Miley, Kobe, all those guys. So it just was the brotherhood. Everyone believed in each other. It was just a very unselfish team. We had all the talent in the world, every position, but everyone was unselfish. It could be difficult to be that way, especially when you're on a good team. Everyone wants to shine, but we didn't really have any selfish people and it helped us. So the great players are the ones that aren't selfish. They're servant leaders. They focus on how do I perform well, but also how do I help my team be better and achieve the objective too, which is obviously to win on game day. Now, what are some of your most favorite games or memorable moments playing at Cincinnati? They all involve, I'd say, a touchdown. But I'll start with why, though, because, you know, well, it's a touchdown. Well, so I scored the first touchdown of the whole season my sophomore year. And I remember feeling it was just great because the previous year, my freshman year, I dropped like two touchdowns in the end zone one game. And I, I caught the ball on the one yard line in one game. So, I mean, it was like long overdue. I just remember like the, the feeling I felt like oh, I finally got in the end zone. You go a whole year without getting in zone, but you're in high school, you score three or four touchdowns a game. So that was great. And then I'd say the second memorable thing was my first kick return touchdown. I just remember people were saying like, hey, you about to house this. And I'm like, okay, like, yeah, I'm going to eventually get one. I just remember everyone, like I, I looked over and I saw 
everyone just standing up on the sideline. And I was like, why is everyone? I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, I feel the pressure. And the kicks to me, and I ended up taking it back. And I was just like, that is wild. The last one I'd say is between Notre Dame and Indiana, I, I'd have to go Notre Dame. I scored a touchdown back in the corner of the, before the half, obviously against Kyle Hamilton. But the unique part about that was after I scored, I mean, the crowd lit up and it felt like it was a home game. So I'll never forget that feeling. It's kind of what we always say. We kind of took over South Bend. That probably was one of the, the most fun games I've ever played. Probably the best game I played in. Obviously, you know, we went to the playoffs, played in a bunch of the New York Six games, but that game was probably top one. And now you still have college eligibility left, but you chose to declare. Why come out now? You know, that's something you look over like with your coaches and obviously you have agents and things like that. I think the trend now, everyone, they, they gifted everyone extra years. I didn't register as a true freshman. So that COVID year looks nice. Fifth year option, like, hey, why not get a chance to come back? But I think my time, like I think where I needed to be, I was. And uh, I'm just ready to explore the next level. I was grateful to be able to graduate early to get my degree. And I feel like my time in college is, is up. So if a team were to ask Trey, why should I pick you? What would you say? Game-wise, I think I'm physical, fast. I'd say beyond that, I'm the good example for a leader. I'm not a leader that just leads on the field. I think that's easy. I think everyone could be at a hoot and rally, hey, do this, but what are you like off the field? And I'm that type of person in a program. I embody the team off the field, make sure everyone's doing good. I don't do anything bad. I stay away from all that. If anybody needs help, I'm there. I'm a student of the game, so I love to, to learn, but I also love to help. Being elected a captain my senior year, I was a really cool experience because, you know, the team did it. I could just see that they bought into me and that was a unique feeling. Now what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we'll do my two-minute drill. We'll be right back. Hey, have you moved the ball in your own life today? If you're working toward your dream job, a new personal record, or a bigger salary, you need a plan to consistently make progress. That's why I wrote Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. These books are packed with strategy and easy to implement tips on gaining clarity of your goals, developing your own personalized playbook for success, pushing your boundaries of comfortability, and really elevating and dominating. Go to www.dominateandmove.com and enter code DOMINATE2023 for a 20% discount on the bundle. And all books are signed copies as well. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, Trey, we are back. Are you ready for some fun questions? I am. All right, here we go. Outside of football, what do you like to do? Relax. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Funny, cool, fast. Great three words. What is one thing most people don't know about you? I'm very picky with food. So I'm a texture guy. So like, even if the food's really good, but if the texture's off, I won't eat it. What is the best piece of advice you've been given by a mentor or a coach? Be where your feet are. Okay, it's a common one that people talk about. It's an important one. So I'm going to flip it now and ask, what is the best advice you would give to someone else? Control what you can control, but really control what you can control. Just to get into it really quick, like I was saying about the effort and attitude. Control, like really control what you control. Like you can control how hard you work. You can control what the attitude you come into a facility. So control the things you can control. Great piece of advice. Would you rather be the world champion of your sport or the CEO of a billion dollar company and why? Honestly, I'd probably be a CEO of a Ben Dollar company just because I love business. But at the same time, I get to work with a team. I think I get to work with a bunch of different people, and I love that. I think if I was the only one on earth, I would hate it. So I love to be around people, help them achieve their best selves, and also let them do the same with me. Great answer. You have 24 hours and a private plane that will take you anywhere. Where are you going? Somewhere out of the country, anywhere. I've never been out of the country. So you could literally spin a wheel, and it can land anywhere out of the country, and I'll go. Do you sing in the shower? I do. I have a speaker that goes into the shower. 
Okay. And would people say that you are good? Would you say no. that you're good? No. No. Terrible, <laughs> terrible singer. Terrible. All right. So yeah, at some point, football is going to come to an end, hopefully not for some time to come yet. You mentioned that you really are into business. Have you put any thought into what specifically you might want to get into? Yeah, there's a lot of little things like real estate, owning things. But I think honestly, like I'd like to be a GM of a football team. I'd like to stay in the sport. You know, I don't want to venture too far from it because I know how I am with the sport, but I can own a team, you know, be a coach on the team. You know, there's a bunch of different things you can do. So when that time comes, that's something that I'll look at. Perfect. And I mean, that's where the relationships come into play too. Like we talked about earlier, I mean, football is small. People don't always realize that. And so it is truly a small community. And so building those relationships and cultivating them is what helps to lead to those opportunities as you continue on. 100%. So Trey, as we look to close the show, let people know where can they follow you? Where are you at on social media? So on Instagram, you can just look up my name, Trey Tucker, T-R-E, not with a Y. On Twitter, you can look up Trey Tucker as well. I'm on there. Those are the two I'm mostly on. If you guys follow me or if you guys comment at me, if I get back to a little late, I apologize because sometimes I'm so locked in on maybe training or something like that. But I promise you, I will get back to you. I will reach out to you guys. And I appreciate any support that you guys get. Thank you. Perfect. Well, we look forward to seeing you on your journey. Trey, thanks so much for being on the show today. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. And thanks so much to everyone for listening. We will have Trey's social links in the show notes so you can follow him and see all the great things he is up to. And appreciate, again, if you would share the show with friends, it's one way you can help me to move the ball. And also, if you haven't yet followed the podcast, be sure that you do so so that you never miss a future episode. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know? Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And also, share the show with a few friends too. Next, I want you to go to GetInsideTheHuddle.com and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.